Hi, I'm Kara, and I'm a member of the Fade to Gray Patreon. I'd like to talk to you about an easy and affordable way to get your finances in order. Ryan from BoundlessFinancialSolutions.com can help you set up a budget, learn how to invest your money, and even help you understand retirement. And they don't just work with the individual, they work with businesses and nonprofits as well. What's awesome is they won't ever cold call you or spam your email. You tell them your needs, hopes, and dreams, and they'll provide you with their best options at your convenience. Listeners of Fade to Gray can call 413-977-9967 and ask for Brian. Or you can email him directly at brian at bfs-team.com and mention the podcast to receive a free consultation. That's hundreds of dollars in value. Services are available where licensed. Look, you have no excuse not to get your finances in order. Visit BoundlessFinancialSolutions.com and let them remove your financial fears. Ladies and idiots. This is the Fade to Gray podcast. Everything will be aces. Let's get faded, guys. Hell yeah. He has many, and I mean many, leather-bound books on shelves made of rich mahogany. Now you've heard of gay conversion therapy. Well, this is gray conversion therapy. I think you're going to like it. I'm not braver than you. I'm just drunker than you. And you're fabulous. You deserve to be called you're fabulous. What do you think about the podcast? It sucks. Nice. What is up, everybody? We're here with uh, Paige Kemna, viral sensation, uh, seen on Pickler and Ben. Good day, Sacramento. Paige, welcome to Fade to Gray. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much for having me, y'all. This is really cool. It's really cool that you're here. I mean, I know that um, in preparation for this interview, we were listening to or watching all of the amazing things you have on YouTube, like this YouTube sensation, like viral video galore. And so... (laughs) My, my first question I had for you, Paige, seriously, though, like um, you have an amazing voice and on the keys, just or the ukulele, just kind of hammering it out there. So is that something that just runs in your family, came natural to you? Or how did you like get into music and performance? Like at what age? Yeah. So, well, I, I actually don't have any family members who are really like musicians or singers or anything. Um I think when I was a kid, my mom just wanted to enroll me in piano lessons because she was like, oh, this will ground her and like give her something to do. And uh, I ended up like falling in love with it pretty much and just doing it all the time. And from there, I sort of just picked up other instruments, started singing. I like I started with playing sports in high school and then suddenly was just in all these musicals. And like my parents were a little confused. They were like, where is this coming from? But I just I guess music just resonated. And I stuck with it. What was it then, Paige? I'm sorry. What was it that really resonated with you? You said you were kind of forced into it by your mother. But like, do you remember the moment where it kind of just clicked for you? Or what was it? Was it a song? Was it a performance you watched or something you were in that just was like, whoa, this came to life? Yeah, musicians always have that moment where it's like, holy crap, I'm doing this forever. You know, honestly, I think I I had a pretty like existential moment about it when I was really small it was actually I I do actually remember this I was playing so my parents enrolled me in piano lessons but they enrolled me in like this play by ear first instead of play the notes first and like read the notes and I remember my mom like playing a cd of songs that I was gonna eventually learn and then I went into my piano lesson that the next day playing those songs as if I had just like taught myself and I, I play by ear naturally now. Like I don't really read the music or do anything that's, I don't know, theory based. I just kind of like hear it and then it happens. And that it's like I've so lucky because I love to 
play now just because I know if I can hear something and work it out for a little bit, I can play it. So I had like a piano recital when I was a kid and I was playing like these jazzy tunes that I had heard. And my parents were just kind of like, well, we like played this for her last week and she already figured it out and she's like six. So I think, I think that that. And playing jazz piano at six <laughs> years old by ear. Okay, yeah, that's a little bit savanty. <laughs> yeah, jazz is the most now. difficult music to <laughs> right? play on any I just, instrument. Like those dissonant notes, like those ones that are like almost there, that I loved those when I was a kid. It was weird. My parents were like, why is she listening to Billy Joel? What's going on? Or like mm-hmm. Elton John. That was obviously. my first cassette. <laughs> Billy Joel. Billy Joel. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so, he p- inspires p- a lot Piano of my Man. Playing. Yeah, totally. I'll play that. Like, I-, I love all of his stuff. And honestly, the the resume song, which I'm sure, I'm sure we'll get to at some point. Um, that was a little bit, <laughs> that was a little bit inspired by like Billy Joel, like the way he plays. So, yep, big fan. Well, okay, so let's let's camp out here for just a minute. So you're you're in high school and you're playing piano recitals. Okay, and you're picking up other instruments at the same time. You're joining bands. What are you doing with music at that age? Right. So I actually quit taking lessons for piano when I was like in eighth grade. So it wasn't a very long stint of lessons. I like started when I was five ish and then quit when I was maybe 13. And uh, I quit because I didn't like how my teacher kept trying to make me read music instead of like just play it how I wanted to. So I was also just rebellious and didn't want to do what my parents told me to do. So um but I played a lot of volleyball in high school, and then I got cut from volleyball. Oh, and uh, honestly, like it was a very sad time when it happened. Easily one of the best things that's ever happened to me, though, because I needed something to do after school, right? So I had this awesome choir teacher who was like, just come try out for the musical. Like, why not? And I was still super shy and didn't know, like... I knew I liked to sing and I knew that I could sing, but I never wanted to step into the spotlight. I was nervous all the time. So I spent like the first couple years in high school just being like one of the choir chicks in the background, which I loved still. It was like such a cool community and we'd be there after school every day for like two and a half hours. Some of my best friends are from there. But then like as as I guess college or high school progressed, I ended up getting like more roles and my choir teacher was like, I, Mr. Monsma, if you're listening, you're my favorite person in the world. Um, <laughs> he really, he inspired me to just keep doing it. And then we ended up going to state for singing and I sang with these three girls and we got ones, which if you like are familiar with the scale for how state like vocals works, it's five is the worst and one is the best, which is weird. Mm-hmm. It's usually, um, but yeah, so we had that experience too. Totally gave me the confidence to do what I do now, which is just sing for everybody i guess if i can (laughs) yeah i'm sure that completely validated you yeah like being a shy girl in high school and going to state and you know getting ones i mean that's complete validation for your voice and then just some natural pairing between that and so once you were on stage and singing and getting the validation from your peers um was that that so rekindled something in you like okay i'm gonna pick the piano back up or yeah i guess i mean I think validation has a lot to do with it. And I want to say that I would do it without or with it. But I do. It is nice to know that people like enjoy the sounds that like I can do on the piano and singing. So like, obviously, if people are interested, I'm going to want to do it more. That's why I was I was so much more active with music right after I like did that big LinkedIn thing. 
And I tried to keep that going, but then I had like, it just kind of like simmered, which isn't to say a bad thing. I'm, I'm still a very like musical person, but there is kind of like knowing that people want to hear what you've got. And like, I do it for me, but I also want to do it for, for other people. I want them to enjoy it. So there's definitely like a validation factor there. Yeah. And that's something I think a performance artist has in them too, you Mm -hmm. know, that drives them. It's just something else. I wouldn't really even call it about the fame, but there's something about, okay, so you like this, like what I'm providing, giving to the world, you, you, you like this. Okay, let me make more of it. And so I think there's something, like you said, that's it's in everybody who is a performance artist of some some way, shape, or form. They need that sort of validation. And that's why we get ovations, because we know that they need that. We have, and so it's... For sure. Yeah, totally. Sense. Yep. I loved it. My friends are super supportive too. I'm just trying to get back into it now, I guess. What kind of bands were you playing in high school? Like Ooh. what style of music? Okay. I, so I was in, I was in a band called the Wingdings when I was in high school. <laughs> I had this like goofy best friend, Connor, who was like, we were trying to figure out what like set list font we wanted to use. And he was like, what is this Wingdings font? And then all of a sudden we became <laughs> the Wingdings. Yeah. And that was so much fun. We had, so it's actually kind of wild. All of the people in that band there was Connor, Drew, Murphy, myself, and then there was a girl named Monica for the last part of it. But all of them went to school for music. Every single one of them ended up going to school for, like Connor went to Nashville. My friend Drew is actually, he went to Manhattan School of Music for opera, which I was like, and he was a varsity swimmer in high school and then switched over to music, kind of like what happened to me a little bit, except... He actually like is singing in Germany and stuff now. So Hey, um, that's close oh, wow. to me. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, he was in Vienna for a little bit, um, doing a stint for like an opera I don't know, like an opera house. I haven't really kept up with him. But he was in I've Germany never heard that referred too. to as a stint. Doing opera yeah, he's doing a stint in Vienna. Yeah, it's I like it almost I, sounds like jail time. That's that's I, <laughs> I guess I need to follow up with him more. I don't really know. I he might still be out there, but I don't know. Um, That's awesome. So the Wingdings, you could almost be like a Ting Tings cover band. We didn't sound much like the Ting Tings, but um, we were like kind of folky, jazzy, like weird in between. We So Murphy played like the upright bass and then we had a guitarist. We didn't even have a drum set or anything. So it was all like three part harmonies and oh, yeah. like jazzy instruments nice so, that's nice yeah and i would occasionally play the piano i'm kind of weird though because like it took me a long time to kind of play and sing at the same time when i do some of those songs i either really like to sing or i really like to play the piano but doing both at the same time is something that i'm still trying to like perfect because it's like 50 percent of your brain power is on your hands and 50 percent is on your voice and you same can't with really... the guitar that is that is so hard for me playing the guitar and singing is ridiculous but you when you film your videos you don't even seem like you're i mean you're just looking at lyrics and then playing it just yeah it seems effortless <laughs> well i mean how many times do you think it took me to do that though a couple ah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> little secret Could have fooled me. Yeah. that was first take right <laughs> oh i wish oh my gosh it took so it only like took me a day to finally iron it out to but it i just i repeated a lot of times i was very self uh What's the word? I was a super self-critic. Just wanted it to yeah. be really good before I put it out there. Perfectionist. So that's mm-hmm. not bad. Being perfectionist. I think most musicians are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's the so, other side of it. Performance arts thing. 
like need the affirmation because you're so hard on yourself. So you're the first one to like well, pick yourself apart and everything. Right, right. Andy? That's like, why you get stand-up comics. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like a bummer almost. I feel like there are so many artists who are amazing, but to a fault, they won't release things because they don't think it's good enough or they're like... Oh, yeah. Tormented. Yeah. yeah. And they're, and it's just like yeah. people be like, I'd listen to anything that you do. You're so good. But like you're terrified to show anybody. There's so much like self-conscious like that goes into it before you actually then, release anything. And then everybody with like one singing lesson will grab a ukulele and jump on Facebook and be like, like check out this new song I'm working on. Yeah. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> it's, like, it's like you don't get like any of like, like the actual tortured artists are like locked away in their basement like working tirelessly on these like lyrics and different Master stuff. Pieces yeah. That got hidden from everyone. <laughs> and these yeah. other people just jumping on Facebook. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Uh. Meanwhile, you have pop singers going, ooh, 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 ooh. and that's the thing now, right? Isn't Cardi that, B. What's her name? Cardi B. Yeah, yeah, see, it's like, what is... Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I've never heard of I that I mean, person. I guess there's art somewhere <laughs> right. in there, but, you know, Dude. I just, I, I love the musicians, man. Like, the musicians is what do it for me. You, we were talking earlier, you actually remind me of a fine frenzy. I don't know if you know who a fine frenzy is, but... Definitely, like, recognize the name, and I'm also just notoriously bad at putting names to music, and I, like, I'll listen to a bunch of stuff, but I never even know what the name of the song is just like notorious shuffle listener um, yeah she's she's just a, a gal that plays piano she's a redhead she's a great singer i was talking to chris and i was like dude she really reminds me of a fine frenzy that's wait that's a minute all i hear when i somebody else told me this and i actually looked her up because of it so yeah no i know exactly who she is when you said the red hair thing i was like ah, oh, i remember that yeah because she's on her album with red hair so okay, so cool. let's talk about how all of this got started so you did you i'm guessing that you were still playing music in college and maybe afterwards you're looking for a job and maybe you know it's it's a hard market out there and so you how did you come up with the idea to sing your resume like you did well i was playing a lot of music in college i was in another band called the street toughs we had weird names i guess in college so it's cool um and it was with my friend aaron who i brought up kind of before we went live great friend of mine brilliant musician um but i did a lot of that and i was in an acapella choir so i i what lived was the out name of that? to the fullest the idiosyncrasies not like ah, yeah so get, see that yeah yeah we spelled it a little bit differently and people <laughs> typically didn't understand why but yeah after that I always wanted to kind of pursue the music thing I was like oh this is like what I want to do and I still actually have that mindset like eventually I want to get into this role of being able to like have this be the only thing I do but yeah. um I was I was working part-time at West Elm I don't know if anybody's familiar with West Elm it's a furniture store and I was tired of it. I didn't know Ikea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> definitely just, and like after you graduate, everybody else is getting jobs. So I was like, okay, well, I need to look at my full, full-time full job. Uh, I was an environmental science major and oh, with, a, with a minor in psychology. So totally all over the map. And I honestly, like psychology was the best. But um, I didn't really know where I wanted to put my focus in job wise because I had done some things with environmental science and kind of found out what I didn't want to do. Um, mm -hmm. And then I was just like, okay, 
what's something that's like slightly competitive and and sort of fun and you can talk to a lot of people and I was like okay marketing sales like one of those things might be kind of cool to get started out while I still figure out what I'm trying to do down the line and I applied to a bunch of places and I actually was lucky enough to get I got some leeway there and I had a few offers but none of the places were kind of like in my heart I didn't really want to like commit to it before feeling as confident And then there was this one job that I was super excited about that I really wanted and they didn't give me the time of day. And I was like, my God, that was the one that I was like really gunning for. And I was confident about the other one. So I was confident about this one. And then it just didn't happen. Are they worth mentioning so we can shit on them for you? Oh, my gosh. I don't want to get them. They're, 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 I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, it's just but, a boycott. Yeah. Hey, I still completely respect them as an organization. So it's just, I mean, resumes are They're really, missing out. They're lost. Well, and like, but resumes are super boring. So like, yeah. I was like, how many people want to apply for this sweet job that that I'm one of like, hundreds of applicants of course they're not going to give me the time of day they look at a a resume for 10 seconds nobody nobody is gonna actually deep dive and spend that would take them forever so oh yeah yeah and so I have no hard feelings at all because it's the reason that they're basically the reason that I did what I did with this resume song um just realizing that nobody wants to just look at a piece of paper they can't tell who somebody is if you're just staring at a sheet of paper that says what skills you have or what qualifications you have, those are good things. And I don't say I'm resumes are not totally obsolete. I still think that those are really important, but like, how are people going to know who you actually are if you just send them a a sheet of paper and they read it? Right. So that's like, that's actually like all the inspiration I needed for uh, the resume song. So that's so it just come to you one day, like you're in the shower and you're singing and you go, you know what? I'm just going to sing my resume. Like, how did it, how did the idea come to you? It's actually, it's kind of like another one of those like real <clears throat> moments where you like never forget. I was, uh, I was really frustrated because I was like, I cannot, I cannot keep working at this current job. I want to like get out and go somewhere else. And uh, my, one of my best friends to this day, Mihana, she's from Hawaii. Her name is really cool. Mihana Johnston. Shout out. Um, she... And I were at Union Station in Denver. So just like at a coffee shop right by there doing some work. I was like looking for jobs. And I looked at her. I was like, what do you think about the idea of me singing my resume? And she looked at me like I was nuts. But she also was like, <laughs> you have a great voice. Like, go for it. What's to what, are, what do you have to lose? And I that's the mindset I needed. I was like, you're right. I have literally nothing to lose. I, like, I might as well just go for it. And so... I wrote the lyrics literally while I was sitting there and then within a week I recorded it and then within two days I was almost like I was on that viral LinkedIn like upward climb so so how did how did that get picked up did you send it to anybody did you send it to family how did that even get to be a thing because how do you send that in a resume yeah that's how do you or how do you make a viral video so (laughs) (laughs) we we would love some help (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let me. I honestly don't there's no formula like I didn't expect this to happen at all because I didn't even so I didn't even send the file to anybody as a job application which is fast that was more like a moment for me to kind of like express my uh, like my anger and not getting a job in a way it was like this is where I can put some of that aggression that I had um, so you only put it up on something. YouTube then so I 
sent it to family for sure. Like I sent it to my mom and dad who are equally like, we're proud of you, but also what are you doing? Kind of like, <laughs> um, so they, they thought it was really funny, but they also didn't know what to expect. Nobody really had any idea that anything was going to come of it. So I put it on Facebook, LinkedIn and YouTube separately. Um, oh, that's smart. Yeah, I just figured, why not? And I hadn't uploaded anything to YouTube since my prom song, which was from like 2012. And, uh, or yeah, I think. Um, but I uploaded that. And honestly, YouTube didn't like catch on at first. YouTube was kind of like, whatever. Because I didn't have any other songs or any followers on YouTube. But the LinkedIn thing blew my mind. Because I had less than 500 uh, connections on LinkedIn. And I really only thought that like a few people on my timeline and my mom and dad would see it. And then I posted it on LinkedIn. The next day I had a few people like it and then somebody shared it and then somebody else shared it and then somebody else shared it. And everybody, it's just like clout, it just exponentially increased across the the platform. And apparently I'm like one of the first ever people to go viral on LinkedIn as a platform. Nice. Whoa. Um, yeah, because LinkedIn is typically wow, like professional uh, just like recruiters and stuff. but So maybe everybody... sing that in your next resume. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'll add that to the, to the list. <laughs> Pencil it into the lyrics. Yeah, I guess so that's you, kind of what happened. So you, you basically, you didn't really send it to anybody, but um, you mentioned that you would love to do music or that you've always loved music. So why not, why not write a song and send it to a, like a singer songwriter or, or a ghost, a ghost songwriter that has some sort of connections in Nashville or a friend that maybe has some sort of connections since that's what you want to do. You know, she has a friend in Nashville. Apparently I had, I had a little bit of an experience when I was out in Nashville, which was great. It was with Pickler and Ben. So they're based out of Nashville. I lucked out when I was there. Cause I actually did get to meet some people who work for BMI, which is one of the big like music royalties companies. And then mm -hmm. William Morris agency, they had, I met with a, a partner there for a little bit and that was wild. I, w I still need to keep up with that, but it kind of goes back to that validation aspect where you know that you're decent and people like what you do, but getting everybody to sort of pay attention to you. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I, it's, it's weird. I, I want to do that. I want to go out there and be like, listen to my stuff. Like, look at all of this. But I also definitely have like this fault where I just want people to, to want to listen to it before I have yeah. to send them any. So it's, it's almost like it's internal conflict. I really do need to do it and I haven't done it yet. Um, that's just a little personal flaw that I'm trying to work on. And I just, it's a confidence thing. Like I just got to boost my confidence for a little bit and then get on the kind of like a track. perfectionist thing too you know it's like yeah, you, yeah. you're thinking that it's, it's not perfect yet it's not perfect but it'll never be perfect though so it's just people like sometimes love the rawness and they can see you have a talent and obviously it's something that went viral like on linkedin they said <laughs> i don't i've never been on linkedin before in my life and so apparently that's a place you can go viral uh, well you can at least so <laughs> i mean i think i think just take taking those like validations the validation you had in high school and just know that like I mean, that's good enough. We're never going to fully arrive, right? I mean, even with this podcast that we're doing, we're kind of like I'm listening to your story and can kind of relate to where we're at, where it's like, yeah, we're putting out a good quality product at this point, 
but it's like, what do you like? How do you get yourself out there? You know, mm-hmm. you're not trying to like necessarily like set. You're not trying to sell yourself. You're not trying to just get a bunch of people to listen to you that maybe you aren't going to like get it or understand. It. You're trying to find like almost like a niche. Would you say that's kind of where you're trying to just find your niche as well? Maybe in your singer songwriter thing. Yeah, for sure. I think it's just knowing where you're comfortable and then being able to still push yourself like a little bit outside of that comfort zone. That's something I I like I live in comfortable like I I, I don't love to step out of the comfort zone but I need to and that's what I did with the resume song and that's what I did quite a bit afterwards so I just need to keep that up Um, yeah I think that's important mm -hmm. Paige what you just said I just want to kind of camp out there just for camp out there for a second because I have a magnet on my fridge and I kind of live that way too and it's a good reminder for myself and also for the listeners that like I feel like um, the magnet says that life begins at the end of your comfort zones and so I think a lot of times just here, especially like like with the jobs we have, with living in America, a nice, safe place, like it's human nature, that creature comfort to de- desire comfort and security and everything. And um, But sometimes those things are our traps. So they're, they're like the little walls that keep us locked in from actually greatness or actually reaching the goals that we have in our life because they're scary. It's the unknown. And so we want to stay in that comfort. So. So I encourage you, as if you've you've done it before, and it's just as you're as you're speaking, it's like you you have the talent, you have um, the drive, and let me just be one to just kind of help push you even further. Just do it, and you just like put yourself out there. Totally. Um, well, oh my gosh, thank you. Um, I totally the motivation and the determination, like trying to find that when you're already like in such a comfortable place. It is like exactly what you need to hone in on, like just pushing yourself, and I struggle with this all the time so I'm trying to get back into it as we speak I have some cool things that are coming up too so um hopefully I can sort of take that advice maybe I should get a magnet on my fridge too <laughs> yeah it, it doesn't do me a whole lot good but sometimes this, this conversation like this or listening to conversation like this can sometimes remind us okay we all have things in our lives that we want to strive for but sometimes it, sometimes it's the fear but sometimes it's just the comfort to this like mm-hmm. you know this is so do it if you're listening right now. Whatever it might be, quit your job. You know, go after that. <laughs> go after that girl. Whatever it might be in your life, we encourage you right now just to do it, listener. <laughs> well, I want to know more about how LinkedIn then got you involved to write jingles for them. So I'm guessing that you know you went viral on LinkedIn, and then you started writing jingles for other companies, like um, for the wine, and then also for LinkedIn. Tell us how you got into doing that. Sure. So I guess when it went viral, the original like resume song, um, I had a lot of people inquiring if I wrote or like if I created jingles and stuff like that. And then with that virality also comes like just the inbound emails and like conversations with people who you never thought you talked to. And a lot of like, like the common denominator between most people that were like reaching out to me were either like, this is awesome. You should keep doing this more. Or there were people who were kind of like just mean and like, this is not, this has nothing to do with like being a real like professional. This is just showing people that you're a goofy millennial Um, or, or you should write for businesses. Like this could be a huge thing for you. And I was kind of like, you know what? That is a good idea because I obviously, I love to rhyme and I like to be a little bit funny sometimes when I do stuff. So being able to kind of hone in on the the humor but also the seriousness and like combining those two to make something like profitable for an organization it's kind of like well maybe like why not give it a shot and uh 
I didn't actually write anything for LinkedIn. I wish I had. That would have been sweet. But Oh, okay. So Jeff Weiner, I think he's the CEO of LinkedIn. He commented on my my thing and was like, "Oh, a musical resume. I can't believe I missed this." Which also like That's made nice. it kind of run around like it just went to even further out into the LinkedIn sphere. But um I had And you probably didn't screenshot that comment or anything, right? For memories. Oh yeah, no, no it's on it. It's on all of my social medias. I freaked out. <laughs> I had like, I was like, mom, look at this. This is the guy. Uh, but yeah, that was wild. Um, but it ended up kind of leading me to several people who were like, could you write me a jingle? And I didn't do it all that much. So I only did it for a few organizations. But um, the my like favorite one so far uh, was that wine song that I did. Um because I already loved wine, and I think that's what started off the conversation with the actual Just guy. Just wine about it. Yes. Everybody <laughs> check it out. It's goofy. Um, but I like it. It's catchy. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, I was kind of like, maybe I should write musicals. This is hilarious. And, like, everybody's dancing <laughs> and, like, moving their heads back and forth. So, but, yeah, that happened. I also just want to shout out this one other... Uh, like it's a book series that I did a little jingle for and you guys probably didn't even hear the jingle because it's hidden away on SoundCloud but um, I can show you guys later if you want to hear it it's called Melina's Adventures and the gentleman I was working with and I'll give you like his name later if you want it to his daughter has or actually someone in his family I can't remember if it's his son or his daughter has dyslexia actually no it's him he has dyslexia so the book is about kids going through their lives like trying to figure out how to get past Mm. this this dyslexia uh just they go to the zoo and she can't remember how to say like certain names of animals and it's just so cute Mm. and like inspiring so i wrote a little jingle for them and that's we're still working on getting that released with the book the book's out but the jingle we're trying to work with that coming up but anyway just a little fun cute heart we'll story. put that in the show notes for sure like if, if you could send us a link maybe we could even put it in our uh, show notes for listeners to listen to when it's if it's out already is it out already you said the spot of, so it's on soundcloud and i can i can put it's on well i literally made it private but i'll put it as public <laughs> i only made it private for myself because i was like didn't have anything to link it to yet but i know that mm. the book has already been released and i'm still working with uh the author for all of it he won't mind though. He loves like he wanted to show everybody, but we were still working on things. So you guys can definitely so, share it if you want. Awesome. Um, do you plan on continuing writing jingles for companies, or are you planning on pursuing a career as a recording artist? Well, that's a good question. Um, right now, I'm I work at a different. Co- I work at a company. I got hired because of the song, and I actually really like my job. It's pretty satisfying. Obviously, it doesn't like fulfill that creative aspect of my life. I don't do a lot of freelance stuff anymore because the more I did it, the more I realized that it felt like it kind of felt like a job, which is not a bad thing. But usually when I would write music or create songs, it was kind of for me and then for people to enjoy. Whereas with this, it felt very like transactional. And Mm. you're like the extreme creative type. <laughs> I don't You're know like, about. I'm so creative that I like I don't want to sell it out. <laughs> well, I was nervous that I wasn't going to be as good doing that than I would be like pursuing my own stuff. So maybe I am like extreme in the sense that I don't want to like sell my stuff or whatever, but that's not true. I mean, like if I could, I would. It would be awesome. Um 
I just think that the quality wasn't quite as high when I wasn't writing it from like in here versus for like a company. So you kind of have to be excited about the product or whatever it is that mm-hmm. you're wanting to write the jingle for. That would make sense. Yeah. There's no soul behind it pretty much. That's pretty it's much like, the reason. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. That's no, pretty much ahead. the reason why I didn't do anything with music too. I went, I went for engineering school and didn't do anything with music because I was afraid that the hobby would become work and that you might not like your work in the end. <laughs> that was one of totally. the reasons. Yeah, I wanted to keep like, like keep it flowing, coming from the heart, you know? Mm-hmm. I think like in certain instances when I was writing jingles for organizations, the biggest thing behind it was to make sure that it was like something I believed in because that did give me that like, mm, this is this I can get behind and like get passionate about. But most businesses, so Paige. Yes. Yes. Speaking of jingles, I see you're sitting behind a piano there, right? <laughs> I am, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, shit. So, um, speaking of soul and from the heart, you know, after meeting us, spending, you know, the last 30 minutes with us, hanging out, fade to gray. And listening to one of our episodes. Listen to one of our episodes. Do you want to maybe throw something off the cuff um, for, for the listeners, for us? Let me see. My piano is on, but it's plugged in to... Now, this this might be trouble because listeners, she told us before the episode started that she listened to our episode on schiz- uh, schizoaffective disorder. So if she makes, <laughs> makes some uh, references to uh, schizoaffectiveness, uh, that's why. Don't get triggered. Oh, no. I just I, don't, I can't figure out if I can play because it's plugged into my focus. Don't rate. be crazy. Millennials aren't lazy. That's good. <laughs> that, was that. Like, that was one of the things that I got irritated about on LinkedIn was everyone was like, oh, she just did this different thing because she was too lazy to do something else. And I was like, what are you talking about? Really? Like, yeah, I had I had this crew of, of like, I guess, like haters or whatever who were like, oh, just another millennial chick trying to stand out in the crowd, but not actually like going to do anything with it. And I was like, you don't know me. Guy. Just another hater with a bad voice that you know likes to <laughs> shit on people's dreams. Yeah, I was just guys... gonna, I was just gonna ask you about that. Yeah, like, like me, are you, do you view millennials as hardworking or lazy asses? <laughs> you know, I had a lot of time to think about this because I was being like seen as this like kind of lazy millennial for a little bit, uh, but. I think that millennials are just smart, but in like very procrastinative like type ways. Like we're good at kind of getting projects done quicker because we're used to procrastinating. I know that sounds bad, but in college or in high school or like we have the internet at our fingertips. We know how to use the resources Mm -hmm. that we have very well. Uh, And I think that that's kind of why people might look at us as like, Oh, they're just like so behind on projects, but then they manage to get it done in the nick of time. We're still very productive as an like as a generation. We just don't do it like they did, like in the boomerang generation. It's like sure, and yeah, we are obsessed with our phones oh. or whatever. But we're also doing things that aren't totally like not productive at all. I also see tons of adults who are older than me who are just like on their phones constantly, like way worse than me. So it's like, what argument do you guys even have? (laughs) Oh, and and also what age group are uh, most of these startups? How about all these apps you use, grandma and grandpa? What age are these people who are creating these apps? 
Yeah. Millennials. Like, <laughs> yeah. Most totally, of these people I are mean, 35 yeah. and under. Yeah. And I think, and like people are kind of like, well, what do you even use these for? And it's like, well, these are going to be extremely handy. My parents love Netflix and they don't realize like all of the new startups that are coming out are going to have the ease of use just like that. It's like, we're all oh, yeah. young people and we can write this, like we can create this kind of environment that's easy for everybody, regardless of what generation they're from. So I don't know. That's my two cents. Yeah. So now that we know millennials are not lazy, they're actually uh, just creative and smart, and we'd just like to procrastinate a little bit. How about let's hear a song, a little a little jingle. <laughs> okay, let's see. Well, I just don't know if you guys can even hear the piano, which makes me nervous. Do you want me to just, I, I can just sing into the microphone. I heard it a little bit. I could hear it come through a little bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's coming, oh, that's it's beautiful. Yeah, that's great. It's nice. Okay. Well, I'm going to move this a little bit. Um, I've been working on a tune that I can sing for you guys, but it's not really jingly. It's actually kind of like from the heart quotation. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give it a shot. Can't guarantee I won't mess up though. Haven't practiced. Do it. Okay. All right. Let's see how this goes. I know my life should feel like mine, but it don't feel that way. Years have gone by and that's plenty of time But I still feel the same And that's not fair anymore Watch my tears hit the floor And yet you can't turn away I don't think I can stay alive And I don't know what to say How was that? Wow, that's oh pretty my good. gosh. That's really good. That was amazing. <laughs> Thanks, y'all. That was just the like first part, but I'll I'm gonna record it, I think, after this, because y'all inspired me. And I finally good. plugged in my microphone after like a month. So <laughs> good. <laughs> I really think you ought to pursue a career as a recording artist because you're you're incredibly talented. Oh. Certainly mu- musically inclined. Thank you. Never yeah, ne- never stop. Never stop making music. I think just record it, and maybe in the future you can use it. That's uh, I got I got like over 500 videos on my phone with shitty music, <laughs> <laughs> but in the future it might be useful. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> it's shitty music. Yeah, to he, me, he's but... on Marco Polo too. He likes to spam Marco Polo group with the same shit. So <laughs> here's oh. some screamo bands, we, we... and everybody's like, ah, <laughs> skip. <laughs> oh my gosh. So thank you for sharing that page. Yep. I thought that was amazing. It really <laughs> thanks, was. Thanks was, for letting me kind of sing and, a little bit. And on the spot too. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. I haven't I haven't really done that in a minute. Thanks guys for letting me do that. It was fun. <laughs> that was basically a, a fade to gray premiere exclusive. That was Ooh. that was something yeah, else. Ac- We've never had that. I have not performed that for people yet. So you guys get to play around with it. Awesome. It was very nice having you in. Thanks guys for having me. This was fun. And I'm sorry if I ramble a lot. I'm not, no, not at all. I'm not very, I tried to do a podcast with my friend and realized that I just say a lot of stuff that doesn't really <laughs> need to be said. So thanks for, did you guys ever put any episodes out? Uh, no, we don't know how we're like trying to figure out. Cause so my friend Aaron, that redhead who plays the guitar and stuff, he, he is also like a big podcaster. Um, not big per se, but he like loves to do it. Um, and I was gonna gonna work with him, but I'm generally just trying to find out like what do I use to put like to broadcast it, like Podbean. Well, we can you throw you on the Pod- roster whenever we do our uh, 
ep- women's episodes or just episodes in general, be like, hey, Paige may be good for this. Give her a call. She wants to be on it. <laughs> cool. Hey. No, yeah. I don't mind. <laughs> we'll ramble we on and maybe one day we'll hear it. <laughs> I will keep yeah, right. I will keep talking and singing. So Yeah, and the same advice that we gave you about the music I'd say about podcasting is the same thing we did. It's just just start. You know, just throw just throw the recorder on and just start talking and like the first ten episodes or so are gonna be, like you said, like like not usable and also just you talking about a lot of things you thought were important and listening back to were not. And so we're still, you know, experiencing that. I still too, can't so just, listen to our episodes. <laughs> Because I'm like, we, why did I may. say that? Oh my gosh! <laughs> we may have deleted our first five episodes recently on iTunes. No kidding, because they were so yeah. horrible. Now you have to, now you have to be a Patreon and to, to get and follow us, yeah, to find them. That's is Patreon. Is that the or well, I'm thinking of like that organization where you can kind of like raise money to. Right? Is that what you guys were talking? Like, it's not like GoFundMe or anything like that. It's simply like, hey, if you enjoy what we're doing, you know, you can support us by paying this amount. You're not or trying whatever. to like raise a goal or anything. It's just right, people who are no. like, right. And then like you, you give them like some little extras or whatever in appreciation for their patronage. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a cool, uh, a cool thing that people of Fade to Gray can do by going to Fade to Gray podcast and clicking on our Patreon. Awesome. Good to know. As little as one dollar a month. <laughs> Is there anything that you want to promote, Paige? Do you have a uh, do you, Do you have a Patreon that you want to promote? No, I don't have one of those. But um, if you guys want to check out, I know on Instagram I've been a little quiet lately, but that's just because work has been a lot, which is great. Um, but I'm trying to get back on there. So if you just want to follow me on Instagram and uh, Twitter as well, I love to just be a goofball on Twitter and I'm trying to get people to see that I'm funny. So <laughs> are you a meme queen? Oh my God. I, uh, most of the people <laughs> that I follow on Instagram are like meme accounts, which is not something that I'm proud of, but yes, that's basically all our social media is, is just memes. It, I mean, it's just the, that's what I use Instagram for mostly. It's just like funny stuff. So, well, yeah. get, get her on, get her on Instagram and Twitter. Paige Kemna, thanks for being on Fade to Gray. We appreciate you once again. Uh, we met you through Zoom, this uh, this medium that we're using to do this podcast. So, thank you. Thank Yay! You. Go Zoom. <laughs> Go Zoom. Yes, thank you, Paige. Hey, everybody. I'm Meredith, and I'm part of the Fade to Gray Patreon, and I've got some great news for you. Are you paying too much for your auto, home, life, or small business insurance without having your own agent you can trust to advise you correctly? Insurance agent Chad Johnson has multiple companies to offer these products and is licensed in Missouri, Illinois, Oklahoma, Kansas, Arkansas, and Iowa. Call or text message him at 417-421-2925 for a no obligation quote on any of your insurance needs. Again, that's call or text message 417-421-2925.